Welcome to another edition of Free Basketball Grizzlies Edition. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and we are a part of the Lead Sports Media. Today, I have another guest with us. You might actually know him. You might not like his voice, but you might like some of his takes. He is our fearless leader here at Free Basketball. He is Ryan Meadows. That is probably the nicest and kindest intro I've ever had. So uh, thanks for the uh, kind words, sir. <laughs> hey, you're welcome, man. Hey, uh, you're the one that has to normally do all the work on the front end. And me and Cody are the guys who literally just pick up our phones and look at a box, box score. And that's the only planning we actually do. So welcome to the other side. Yes. How does it feel to be on the other side? Yeah. How does it feel for you? This part sucks. Like actually planning ahead <laughs> is the worst. <laughs> I am a procrastinator <laughs> and I never plan. Uh, but uh, this week is actually my wife's birthday. And so I am having to do planning on that as well. So a lot of planning going on uh, with me these days, but I wanted to bring uh, Ryan on here because I think it's important for uh, the listener to hear a familiar voice, but also kind of hear his takes on just the Grizzlies. There's no NBA stuff. There's nothing else. It's just Grizzlies basketball. And because Ryan is here, I wanted to get to know Ryan a little bit more. He does not know that we are debuting a game called clutch time <laughs> this week and oh. i had to debut it on him because <laughs> i knew he would be on here and if it sucked i could blame it on ryan there was no normal other <laughs> guest it's all about ryan so it's really very simple i have a bunch of questions and we're going to get to go through a, a few of them i'm not going to put a time limit on as of now but I'm not going to let it go over a couple minutes. Um, it should be very quick. <laughs> if it hits a minute, I will be surprised, but it could go, it could go uh, over that. So I have a few questions. I'm kind of curious. <laughs> I'm kind of curious what kind of questions you're about to ask me. They'll take longer than a minute to uh, uh, answer. Well, there are some open-ended questions. There are some short answer. There are some um, this or that kind of style questions. Uh, it might okay. make you think a little bit, uh, but I just thought, you know what, let's have some fun with our guest. Um, and so every week with uh, each guest, a lot of these will be the same questions, but you should get different answers. And I'm going to try to maneuver these questions to our guest uh, in particular, depending on what they do in real life and whatever. So it might, uh, we'll, we'll have a little fun with it. But anyway, Ryan, are you ready for clutch time? Ryan, are you there? Daniel, are you there? I'm there. All right. Ryan, yeah. are you ready for clutch time? I guess I am. Oh, you're ready. <laughs> All right. Let me start my clock just in case we get crazy with it. All right. First question. Do I have a shot clock? Yes. NBA shot clock? 24 yes. seconds? Well, okay. it's not 24 seconds. It's like a minute. But anyway. All right. Spring or All fall right. weather? Is that my only choices? Yes. <laughs> uh, give me fall. All right. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Pancakes or waffles? 
pancakes. If you could own one vehicle in the world, what would it be? An Audi. What kind? Do you have Just, a specific? I don't have a specific. I don't know the breakdowns of each. You know, like I know BMWs, like the 7 Series is the better series and the 3 is the cheapo. You know, everybody can get yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't know the Audis. I don't right. know if they do the kind of same thing, five, seven, nine, or not, or whatever. Uh, I know there's but one. Whatever the high, Whatever the expensive Audi is, that would be my choice. <laughs> All right. Uh, the favorite place you've ever visited? I would have to say Navarre Beach, Florida, because that is where I got married. Wow. Hey, tugging at those heartstrings. I like it. All right, we're a minute hey. in. Um, favorite place that you've never been to, but you always want to go to Italy. Ooh, I like that one. Uh, favorite like the, football team, the actual, the coast, the old oh. school, the coast, the rustic, you know, with the, uh, old rustic, uh, buildings on the, um, what is that? The Mediterranean, you know, I'm not the smart one. Sure. Yeah, eh, sure. whatever. Or water. Somebody some sort of, of water. I can't remember. Yeah. It's yeah, on water, uh, yeah. Favorite football team? Uh, so I guess the one I root for the most would be the Titans, the Tennessee Titans. Okay. All right, let's roll through these. Uh, first job? I was a day camp counselor for fifth graders during the summer. I got the job when I was 15, and they put me in charge of 35 fifth graders. And they That I had you. to babysit. They paid me barely. Um, and I watched these kids like it was just like a day job, like eight to five, 40 hour a week. And I had to create activities to keep these kids entertained, take them on field trips and everything. And I was responsible for them at 15. Wow. See, I told you this would go longer than a minute or two. <laughs> I like it. Well, I was See? thinking you meant a minute or two each question. Oh no. So I was I was like, what in the world are you about to ask me? I thought you were gonna ask me about, you know, some political stuff or I was getting ready. I was trying to get <laughs> we'll, geared up. We'll stay away from that area of our life. Uh <laughs> but I have uh let's say uh, six more. That's it. Uh your first car. First car, right? It was a a green nineteen ninety-four Ford Taurus. Mm. that we bought from my neighbor for like $400 and I drove it to and back from college wow. all the time. And we called it the rally tourist and I didn't care about it at all. And so everybody at college, we all rode in it and just did just terrible things in it. And uh, like, I don't know how that car survived three and a half years. Just trashing it out. Trashing it out. Just trashed it. I like Doors it. are ripped off. Like, yeah. <laughs> all right. Five more. Uh, three pointer or dunk? Three pointer all day. All right. These are uh, some very off the wall questions. If you were a breed of dog, which one would you be? <sighs> um, I don't know a ton of breeds. So I'm just going to go with standard golden retriever. Mm, you're going with the all American. So you're trying to be all American. I get it. I get it. I'm, sure. I'm definitely not picking like a boxer or like, I don't know. I would say more personality wise. <laughs> all right. Last three. If you add anything other than toast or cheese, is it still called a grilled cheese? 
and that's not condiments. I'm not saying condiments. I'm talking about if I added a piece of chicken to toast and cheese and you still grill it, is it still? No, I would say it's, I would not say it's a grilled cheese if you add meat. I have had grilled cheese where people have added other things. So if you but, add grilled cheese. And I would still consider those grilled cheese. Like, if you, so if it's okay. I've had so people add it, tomatoes. Okay. That's what I was going to say. So if you have tomato on I've it, it's still a grilled, people, che- grilled cheese. I've had people. I would agree it's a grilled cheese. And I've, I've had people put slaw on it. And slaw. I would still consider that a grilled cheese. Wow. Yeah. And it was that. <laughs> But wow. any kind of, if you're putting any kind of protein on it, I think that turns it from a grilled cheese into like a, like a slider, you know? Okay. So you draw the line at protein. Okay. Uh, yes. Cool. All right. Last two, which dinosaur would you bring back? If you could bring back one type, whatever, which dinosaur would you bring back? Um, I think I would bring the... I think I would bring the um, the Triceratops back. Okay. Any I think reason? That would be, I think that's the one I'd be back. I don't know. I always liked the three horn thing, and I always felt like if it was out in the wild, that would be one I could might actually get away from. <laughs> just I don't know. Just like, in case you want to get one that you could not. You never killed. know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not picking something like a raptor, you know, like something that could definitely catch me and get me. Like Triceratops would be cool to see out in the wild, you know, and you're taking a, I don't know, an excursion or something. Like I feel like if something went wrong and it attacked your bus, that I could still like outrun that thing and still survive <laughs> the experience. <laughs> wow. Uh, see, and that, that's why I want to ask these questions. This is fun. Um, and, and it lets us get to go know our guest. This is the last one. Um, this is probably the most thought provoking. Are Uh there more people or chairs in the world? I would say more. (laughs) Wow. How many people are there in the world? Like 6 billion or something like that. Yep. Uh, I guess I would say people, I would say there's way more people. Okay. Than actual well, chairs, right? Because you think some of those people, they don't even, you know, have running water or, you know, they're not sitting on chairs. Like, yeah. isn't it fashionable for like in Asian cultures to sit on the floor? True. I assume they have chairs, but they wouldn't have as many, right? That's This is true. This is a uh, topic that we brought up in our house tonight and we started counting the chairs. So after you're done with the podcast, count the chairs you have in your house, just you as a person, whoever you are listening, and then think, oh my God, I counted 50 at my father-in-law's house. 50, 50 chairs, five zero. What do you possibly have? Oh, because you're talking about lawn chairs. and Every kind of chair. See? Wow. See? All right. All right, that's enough yeah, of think uh think about that now. I w- I would say that has to double more than triple probably our amount of our family, which is there's five of us now. So Yeah, so does yeah. that make up Let's for say the there's people there's probably fifteen or twenty chairs. Right. So does that make up for the people who don't have don't as know. many chairs in another country? I don't know. Um so <sighs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but we are Americans and we're very wasteful. 
So we right. like to have, you know, super convenience. So that if you're talking about just Americans that have that exactly. excess amount of chairs, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's enough to make up for the rest of the world. <laughs> exactly. But who, whoever, whoever is a chair maker out there, rolling in it, straight cash, Roll, homie, rolling it, <laughs> straight cash on that seat. All right, well, let's get into our Grizzlies. Uh, it's always fun to kind of do something different, and so I'm gonna probably with each guest, open it up. It might not be in that in depth. Um, just kind of want to, you know, kind of introduce it with you, Ryan. Um, but these Grizzlies are very much feast or famine, sometimes frisky, sometimes, um, you know, just not hungry. <laughs> you know, they just don't have it, uh, such as the Cavs game this week. But any just – off the wall observations that you have so far, whether it's about the season, about a play or anything, feel free to go out in any direction you want, but the floor is yours observation time. I, uh, I actually think they have done quite well without J triple J and jaw than I thought they would be. Like they're actually competitive in a lot of these games that Jaw has been out for. What is it, game four or five now? And what they've won two of them. Yeah. Um, so they have been surprisingly competitive. Now, when they're bad, they're just flat out bad. Uh, but overall, I have been surprised with the level of competency that was left over from Jaw. Cause I thought as soon as Jaw went down and was out for you know, three to four weeks, whatever it is. I thought there's just no way, like we're expecting Dylan Brooks to pick up the offense. Like I've never been a huge Kyle Anderson fan. I think he's a, you know, he's an average NBA player. I didn't expect him to kind of take over the role as playmaker for this team. Right. And like Jonas JV, your guy has just been solid all the way through he has his ups and downs brandon clark has kind of come on a little bit yes um they've gotten some spark bug play from the rookie desmond bain uh but i i don't know like eventually teams are going to kind of clue in on this for however long jaw is still left out for and i'm i'm kind of expecting more losses to pile up as we go okay um but the 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 tricky thing about this is that the NBA overall has had so many problems with this COVID outbreak coming out now, and it's just snowballing and dominoing into all these teams to where this might benefit the Grizzlies mm. and they can steal some wins here. Um, because to me, if they can tread water to the end of January and get John triple J back and be close to 500, if just a few wins behind, that is absolute best case scenario. So I think this team is fighting to stay somewhat relevant. And I think they are despite a three and six record still way too early in the season, but they really kind of need to be a couple games behind 500. Don't be, you know, six to seven games off it when they come back, because I think they could really make a push when it's all together because they're frisky without them. Just imagine them with them. Yeah. No, for sure. And uh, the only game they really haven't been competitive in is the Celtics game. And that was kind of known. Uh, the Grizzlies lost John Morant in the uh, the Nets game, which is on the, the 28th. Um, and the next game they played to that, which was uh, two days later, they played against Celtics. And they, they pretty much 
got just lit up by Jalen Brown and Tatum. But for the most part, that has been six games and not just, you know, four, but six games total that they have not had jaw and they've looked competitive the whole time. And, and that's all you could really want. They beat in a Hornets team that was kind of, you know, getting a little frisky at that moment. Uh, they stayed close to the Lakers, both games. Uh, they, they, the only major loss that I saw that they should not have taken is against a Cavs team that did not have Colin Sexton. So I would say if you had to just going down the line, the, the Cavs game was the worst, but they came back and ended up beating the Nets, who did not have KD or Kyrie. But the night before, the Nets took out uh, the 76ers when they were full strength before COVID kind of hit them really hard. So any anything else that you have that you might have on top of your uh, head that you want to kind of hit on? Because uh, what we're going to do is kind of review uh, some of these games and kind of get your thoughts on them. But anything else that you have that might be just kind of sticks out to you so far or any, any idea you might have where Ja or Jaron could come back? I don't know the exact timetable of when they're supposed to come back, but – like, it's all about – everyone always overreacts to the beginning of the season, right? And you've had right. the Grizzlies who have had – I mean, some teams have had unfortunate luck. Um, but no one's had this bad luck so far. Right. And to still only be, like, a win away – a win or two away from actually in an eight spot uh, <laughs> is kind of a minor miracle for the first ten games of the season. I know it's the first ten games, so whatever, but – that's why I'm. That's why I'm very. I'm going to pay extra attention as a Grizzlies fan as to the next two weeks or three weeks, and see where we are there. Because if we're still sitting at 500, I'm going to feel really good about John Triple J coming back. If yeah. we win one game, one or two games out of the next three weeks, and we're five and 15, then I may be like, eh, maybe I take precaution with y'all. Maybe we kind of say, you know, maybe we don't rush Triple J back. Um, and it could just be a lost season, um, which you know how I kind of felt about that before the season anyway. So I don't know if you want to tip the hand of that to the people, but I, um, <laughs> I, I'm very interested to see where they're at in two weeks. I would be very curious about that. Yeah, I don't know when he's coming back, um, but I would not – like, Ja has been caught on video, and he's already kind of got to spring his step a little bit. He's dunking already, and if you have a, a sprained ankle, you're probably not dunking if it's that bad. I know it's not the upward movement. It's kind of the lateral movement with an ankle sprain that it kind of gives out. They want to make sure he's 100, 110% healthy before they come back because once you bring him back, you have to just let him go. Like He's got to be able to do what he wants to do. And so I think right now they're trying to be cautious and making sure that when they do let him come back, he can kind of do whatever he wants. So uh, let's go ahead and get into um, the last week, week three. They played against the Lakers, the Cavs, and the Nets, as we talked about. Um, I gave them a, a kind of a prediction for the week that they would go one and two. And I thought they would pick up the Cleveland, win, Cleveland game and possibly the Brooklyn, but I could not feel comfortable. So I gave them one and two. Sandy actually was a little bit more – um, I guess thoughtful and just thought that they might actually be better than that. And they could take, you know, either the, you know, both games from Cleveland and Brooklyn. So he gave them a two and one record. Um, so they did go one and two with an overall record of three and six, like Ryan said, 
Ryan, they played the Lakers, and we'll start from there on uh, last Tuesday. And the game was 94-92. Do you think that's a moral victory, or do you not take anything in moral victories in the NBA? It's hard to take moral victories in one game sample sizes, I think. Um, I think there's more moral victories in stretches of basketball, but I think if you were to take one, it has to be the fact that Dylan Brooks is really not afraid of anybody. And yes, LeBron hit a cool turnaround, uh, really difficult two, and made it to kind of seal the game for the Lakers. But like to get that reaction and rise out of LeBron in game seven, when Dylan Brooks is guarding him all game says something, I think. So that means either Dylan was trash talking him, which God knows why he would, but maybe that's the thing Dylan needs to get going. Yeah. Um, and he just played really hard. So if you're going to take any moral victory, I think it kind of shows people that, especially Grizzlies fan that Dylan's not going to lay down. Like he's going to fight every game, no matter who's on the court with him. He's going to be happy taking the best player from the opposing team and is going to enjoy trying to shut them down. So if you're taking more victory, I would take that one. <laughs> well, I know uh, from, from Chris Vernon has talked about uh, being out there that our bench talks probably more than anybody else's bench. And so that's what kind of uh, what LeBron was, I guess, chirping back at not, they weren't doing it aggressively and the, and the Grizzlies have not done it to where you don't really like them. They just talk a lot, and he's like, it's kind of fun to listen to because you hear a bunch of young guys just talking trash from the bench because they can't play. So um, I think that's more what it was, and in the end, it's LeBron. Any reaction to him, maybe you know he might like you a little bit and showing you a little bit of something uh, emotions-wise, but that game overall, it really wasn't. Nobody on the Grizzlies stood out. Uh, JV had 13 points, 11 rebounds. Everybody else? Kyle Anderson, 10 points. Clark, 12. Brooks, 13. Courtney Jang, 13 points. Um, Xavier Tillman showed up with eight points. There was nobody that really stood out. It was a good team game. But in the end, LeBron's LeBron. He put up 26 and 12. AD put up 26 and 10. That's just a, that, that's how it goes. The Two of the best players on the planet, it's hard to beat them if they're both on. And they both were on, and LeBron took over late as usual, and so that was an L that we all expected. But now we go to Thursday's game, and they took on the Cavs. We all had high hopes for this because, one, we found out Colin Sexton was uh, was not starting and playing close to game time. So we thought this might be a game that the Grizzlies could take. Well, it looked like the Grizzlies thought the exact same thing, and they came out very, very flat. JV still put up a double-double of 17-10. and 10. Kyle Anderson, 10 points. Brandon Clark, 14 points. Brooks, 11. Our starters are still playing good with Tyus Jones finally kind of adding a little bit more into it. He had nine points, four rebounds, and six assists. But in the end, Andre Drummond, who had probably the worst offensive possession I've ever seen in my life, gave the Grizzlies 22 and 15. (laughs) That is what you can't have. And that is kind of the knock that's always been on JV is against these bigger centers, he can't produce. And he can't stop them from producing. So I'm going to ask you a question. Is this, in the end, the decision the Grizzlies will have to make? Either JV steps up 
and starts taking over when he plays a above average center, which allows them to continue to keep him on the roster, continue to keep, you know, playing him, which he's, I think he's a top 10 center in the league, but against these other players, he just does not produce the way he should. So do you think this is a decision they look at and say, Hey, if he can't do that, we probably need to go more small ball or, does JV step up and they're okay with that decision? I know that's a roundabout decision, but do you think that they stick with JV? And do you see this being an issue against him against other centers? I think that they will stick with JV just because there's really no other option. Um, yeah, he does seem to play better against the same level or inferior athletic talent than him. But if he's got some big explosive center that he's playing, he seems to struggle for sure. I mean, they just got eaten alive by like they gave up 35 points in that game to Drummond and JaVale McGee and Larry Nance Jr. had 18. So, I mean, that's what, 53 points, if I'm doing my math correct. Uh, um, so 53 on. points. Now, Larry Nance is he went four for four from three. So a lot of that is just shooting threes. But those are kind of considered their forwards, right? Right. So I, I, I don't know the numbers on the rebounds. I think when Triple J comes back, I think that's why JV gets kind of helped, right? Because he can kind of bang with the bigs yeah. down low. And then Triple J kind of comes behind and cleans everything up. Like he'll block, he'll weak side rotate and block things. So without having that weak side guy, I think it exposes JV more because he's not a rim protector. He's very, you know, ground-centered yes. game, especially on defense. So I think they'll stick with him because he's still, what, 27 or 28? 27, yeah. Um, and, 27. and he's a solid post player, but he he's a guy who needs someone behind him who can rotate and help on that. And that's what Triple J provides. And I think that's why they surprised so many teams last year. It's because teams were used to the JV at the Raptors, who was their feature five, and they could score at will in the post on them. And then they think they can feast on JV here, and then there's Triple J standing behind him. And now you've got, you know, Brandon Clark back there too. So I, I think they'll stick with JV just because there's really no other option. And they get abused typically when they go small anyways, at least on the boards. And against a team like this, you kind of need the size. And it was just – one of those games, man, if they have Triple J, they win this game. Even without Triple J, you could argue that they probably still should have won this game. So this is one that definitely got away, which might hurt towards the end of the season that we look back on. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the rebounds, the Grizzlies still won. It was 45-53, so they out-rebounded the Cavs overall. But in the end, you don't want to give up that many, and you don't want to let one player kind of get 22 points on you that should not. Um, I've heard discussions this week that, that some people think Andre Drummond is a, uh, a better center overall than a Jonas Valanciunas. I think that's crazy to me. I think that uh, Andre Drummond has never been on a winning team. So I don't know how you compare the two because realistically, uh, JB does a lot more than somebody like Drummond does. I just want him to step up. My question was mainly for the future, but but for answering both questions, I think the present and the future, I think sticking with JV is the way to go. I don't see the Grizzlies moving off of him, whether it's during the season this year, if it all goes south, or even next year. I think they're, they like the fact that 
they can bring Clark off the bench and have, um, you know, somebody to kind of be the enforcer behind Jaron. Uh, three or four years from now, maybe that you can move away from JV, but I'm not sure uh, what their plans are. Depends on how JV develops. But um, this, in the end, was their worst loss of the season. Uh, and they had to turn around the next night and play against a team in the Brooklyn Nets who just beat the Philadelphia 76ers. They came home to the they came to Grizzlies here, and the Grizzlies actually won the game. They finally put up some points, 115 to 110. It was a solid best game of the season for Dylan Brooks. He only went two of seven from three-point land, but he was 10 of 19 overall, 24 points, four rebounds. He only had four fouls. He's been fouling out or getting close to it lately. Brandon Clark, probably his best game of the season, 21 points, eight rebounds, five assists. And then the bench guys, Grayson Allen, 10 points, Desmond Bain, 10 points, DeAnthony Melton, 14 points. Tyus Jones also chipped in with 11. It was an all-around good game. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas had to leave after, I, I guess, at halftime. He had to leave due to uh, health and safety protocols with COVID. He has now been cleared for Monday's game. If it happens, we don't even know what's going on with that. Um, but they did still give up 43 points to Karis LeVert, which Karis LeVert somehow always does well against us. Anything that impresses you about the overall team win or Karis LeVert on the other side? Because I feel like Karis LeVert is a uh, a guy who is just on the edge of breaking out, but he's stuck behind two guys, one that doesn't want to play and one that's you know just kind of one of the best players in all the world, and Kevin Durant. Two-part question. Do you want me to repeat the question? The thing the that question? stuck out for me. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. The, sorry. <laughs> the thing that stuck out for me is Brandon Clark shooting the ball 22 times. Oh, and okay. I I actually really like that. Now, he only went nine for 22, but I would rather him be more aggressive and learning on the fly than um, getting more shots for someone like Grayson Allen or okay. Tyus Jones going five for 12. Um, so I really like the aggressiveness by Brandon Clark and sure he's not a quote unquote shooter right now. Um, but he went three for seven from threes. We've all talked about kind of his shooting form, how it's kind of changed a little bit, but I am encouraged by Brandon Clark being like, okay, jaw triple J are out me and Dylan, let's do this thing. So I'm glad that Clark was super aggressive. I want him to be like that. He needs to become that guy instead of the just stand in the corner when John and Triple J are out there and let them cook or JV are in a pick and roll and maybe I'll just scoop up the mess. He's got to become, if he's going to not just be a six man and maybe an eventual starter for his team, he's got to become the give me the ball, let me make my move against this guy. Yeah. Um, and then Karis Levert is just, I, I don't know what it is about the Grizzlies that he likes. Um, but <laughs> no he defense. seems he seems to love to torch us and he always seems to have his best three-point shooting games when he's here <laughs> so to score 43 and still lose to this hmm. I would say admittedly not great Grizzlies team and to give up 115 um, it's just I don't know it's kind of sad it's not like they it's not like Kyrie is an all defensive player. I mean, KD is a good defender, but he's back from Achilles injury. 
So I wouldn't say that he's at top-notch defense of his game. So they basically had the nucleus of their team, minus their two top scoring players, quote-unquote, and still let the Grizzlies go for 115 on them? That's... I don't know. I, I think Brooklyn might have a problem with their defense the entire year. Like they're just a the kind of team that's going to have to outscore people. And if they don't, they're not going to stop anybody. So it was nice for the Grizzlies to actually exploit that because I had money on them minus one. So that was a nice <laughs> one for me. Yeah. The Grizzlies uh, just kind of going back the last few games against the Lakers, they couldn't get out of the nineties. And then they, the Cavs, the same thing, they were stuck in the nineties. It was uh, it was good to see them get out into the hundreds. They got all the way up to 115, which is as nice. They jumped out to a big lead early on, and they kind of let them come back. That that worried me a little bit about the game, but what it shows me is that yes, they did get up and they did allow the team to come back. But in the end, they kind of held on and uh, put them away uh, towards the very end of the game, which. Is very tough to do after you give up a big league. But um, let's kind of go on to the to next week. Week four, there are four games, three away, and then one Saturday against the 76ers. So kind of get your predictions on this, and I'll give mine as well. But I'm going to let you go first. Monday, they play at Cleveland, 6 o'clock Central. Wednesday, the 13th, at Minnesota at 7 o'clock. And then a day off, and then Friday again at Minnesota at 7. And then they come back home on a back-to-back Saturday the 16th versus 76ers, 7 o'clock. Give me your quick predictions on that. I don't need to know who they beat or who they lose to. Just your weekly predictions. What do you have for us? They need to and should go 2-2. Two and two. And if they go 500, that would be great. If they could somehow steal uh, both Minnesota games specifically and go three and one for the week, that would be awesome. Um, But yeah, I would say 500 this week would be great for them. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the 76ers, but I do believe they'll have their guys back by then. I don't exactly know the way that's working. That would change my prediction because I think they could beat um, an eight-person team in the 76ers, but I think that the NBA would step in and say, all right, there's no way you can allow this team to play that many games in a row with eight players. Uh, They would be all dead. And so I would say that two and two is the most realistic thing. I, I want to say three and one, but I know that there's somehow, some way, Minnesota will beat us. They, they showed the enough fight in the uh, in the times that we played them in preseason, but I think with we can grab that Cleveland game, but I would have to imagine that Colin Sexton is coming back, and they want to make sure that you know they they put us away. But man, I would love to see the Grizzlies go out and take that game at Cleveland, turn around and grab two in Minnesota and come back against the 76ers and end up three and one, but. Without Jaw, there's no way I can predict that. So I'll say two and two as well. That would put them at five and eight on the season so far. Would you be happy with yeah, that? Yeah, I, I would be happy considering their situation. Yes. Okay. I would be okay with it. Okay. As long as they didn't lose all of them this week and ended the week three and ten. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would be I would be much more upset with that. 
um, because the Cleveland Cavaliers do have the number one ranked defense right now in the league, which mm. is shocking to me. Yeah. Um, and I haven't gone through game by game deep into that of why that is, but I, this is why I say two and two, because I agree with you. I think they'll split Minnesota series, but I do think they will be on a three game winning streak before they lose that second one to Minnesota. So I think they beat the Cavs because they will want revenge. They will want revenge for that. They know they should have beat them. They'll want revenge. Colin Sexton I last saw was day to day on his ankle. So I don't think the Cavs are really worried or rushing, but Colin Sexton's kind of one of those dudes too. Who's like, if I'm at 85% and the doctor says I'm cleared to play, I'm going to play. So we'll see how that changes, but, I think they they you know they just beat the Nets. I think they'll beat the Cavs in a revenge game, and then I think they'll take the first one off the Timberwolves if Carl Anthony Towns is still out for his wrist. Um, and then I could see them dropping the last two. The 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 reason I said it might be three and one is the 76ers situation is up in the air, right? Yeah. And if those guys are still out, I think they could pick up that third win. But if they are coming back, or at least a handful of them, they have more than eight players, then I could see us dropping that one. If they have Embiid, I think we'll drop it. If Embiid is out, I think um, JV can have a monster game against the 76ers, and we take that one too. Any chance – any chance at all that we're up here no. next week talking and the Grizzlies are seven and six? Any chance? No. Any. <laughs> there is chance. Absolutely, there's a chance. Um, because the so Timberwolves defense is awful. <laughs> there is a chance. I don't I, there's not something I would bet on. Uh, but the Timberwolves are on track to be awful this year. Like they just are. And they're giving a ton of minutes to Anthony Edwards, which they should, absolutely. But right. he's a rookie. Um, the One of their biggest defensive pieces is Josh Dekoge, and I believe he's out for an extended period of time or has an hamstring or something. So he's kind of like the, their defensive guy, the glue guy. So they're still really young with Jarrett Culver, um, without Carl Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell is just what he is. Uh, he's not carrying this team to any to anything. So – they're not at a point in the season where they're just folded in, but their defense is horrible and their offense isn't that great either. So I'm not saying it's going to be two blowout wins. Right. Um, but one, one we could win by eight to 12 somehow it's possible. And the second one I think will be close. Like I could see it where the Timberwolves are up late, like two or three, and we just can't finish it or, you know, come back. But I think they'll both be close. Yeah. So there is a world, but I it's hard it with especially at this limited roster to go and win, you know, a back to back on Minnesota after what's going to be a very physical game against the Cavs. Mm. So it's just going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, it for sure will be. I I hope that they do. But man, it would be very tough for them to uh, to grab both at Minnesota because it's so tough to beat a team back to back. Uh, I know for sure that uh, the, the Lakers did that to us, but in the end, they are the championship Lakers for a reason. But um, Ryan, that's pretty much all I have this week. Uh, I think we're both on the same page with the two and two thing. Um, I think that this will be a very good week for the Grizzlies, their best week so far. 
week one, they went one and one. Week two, one and three. That was the down week. This last week, they were one and two. Could have went either way, two and one or one and two. But in the end, I felt like that was the right uh, record that they that they end up getting. Um, and so let's uh, let's both agree that two and four is good and what we think. But man, three and one is just staring us in the face. And if the Grizzlies can pull that off without a job, Jaron or Justice, man, that would be awesome. So I hope that week four is our lucky week and heading the right direction. Um, and so, uh, yeah. you want to, you want to go ahead and, uh, plug anything that you have going on right now? I, I do want to say we really need to have a winning schedule this week because next week is not looking hot. <laughs> we play Phoenix and then back to back against the Blazers. So yeah, we, we, if we can three and one four and oh miracle would be awesome because next week, yeah, probably looking at an oh and three week. Yeah, that um that week five, Phoenix double porting, and then you have Sacramento back to back split, you know, in between Sunday and Monday. It doesn't get easier. This is our easiest week in the entire the entire schedule. I think this would be the <laughs> easiest week. So we need to somehow figure out a way to be two and two, if not three and one. Um and man, I might just, I might do this podcast naked. For my guest next week, if we uh, if we end up four zero, chest up. That's all. <laughs> Always, <laughs> duh. Uh, but yeah, how can people find you, Ryan? Was without. <laughs> uh, of course, people can find me on uh, Parlor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Twitter at Art. <laughs> Good God. And canceled. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I am at RD Meadows 11. We are, of course, the free basketball family. So follow us at free basketball three. Um, we had our first live locker room episode this past Thursday. I've still got to post the audio to that. I, uh, I had real problems with my audio and headset. <laughs> so I got that fixed. So I am set for this Thursday. So please. If you didn't show up last week, you're probably blessed. But please show up this week because the audio will be better. And hopefully we will have Cody, maybe. Fingers crossed. So please join us. Download the app. Do it. It's fun. Come listen in. Lots of fun for sure. Uh, Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Daniel Greer. Uh, Like you said, follow the free basketball account. Uh, We're trying to do these Grizzlies edition things for fun. Uh, Just kind of give us the hometown team uh, a little bit more ump in the, uh, the actual podcast, but uh, also follow the lead sports media. It's at the lead SM Uh, it's on online. You can, you know, www.theleadsm as well. That's where you're going to find some of the other things that people are writing about. Also follow the Grizzly Grizz underscore lead. Uh, they're part of the, the, the Grizzlies with the lead. Um, so it's a lot of good stuff. But um, as you all know, we try to get out of here on a positive note. So something very fast, very quick um, is a quote that I have. And it says, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. So I know that there's a lot going on in the world right now. But it takes a lot of people that are just good people that care. And so if you're one of those good people and you care, the best thing you can do is just kind of embrace 
any issues or problems with positivity and good things because we don't need any more hatred and people going at it in the world. We really need positive things to happen, taking people under your wings, helping them out and not actually stirring the pot. Don't be a pot stirrer, please. So that's all we have on to week four.